Mike Broadcast Network. We are actually awaiting to be connected with Sergeant Woodard of the Houston Police Department. We've been doing a series to our community report series on some police um, recruiting and safety tips. Today we'll have a special guest to go over some of the things that are geared about helping uh, community residents as well as college students on some safeties or safety tips that we should get. In fact, uh, Sergeant Woodard's husband, Stephen Woodard, I believe is his name, has uh, actually joined in. He's a DPS officer, Department of Public Safety officer. He's been calling in on the message line with some voice tips and some driving safety tips. We've been having a tropical storm, beta, hurricane, Laura, hurricane, Marco, and all these to hit the air within the last few weeks. So to get people geared, registered, and what's going on. So I am expecting Sergeant Woodard to be calling at any moment right now that we can go ahead and get this uh, conversation piece and on cue. Be right back. Good morning. How are you? Good. I'm good. All right. All right. Um, We're in my office today, so hopefully it will be less noise and you can actually hear her talking. Um, Yes. (laughs) She has three topics for you. Her name is Trivia Mott, by the way, but I'll let her introduce herself to you. Okay. Okay, three topics. Okay. So she has domestic violence in our community, sexual Mm -hmm. And then um, personal safety awareness. Yes. So, however you want to do it, whatever you guys want to do. Well, um, you know, you know, you know, you're the old pro right now, so you you are <laughs> the radio queen, the radio queen, if you allow me to say that. You know, so I think we're going to be fine. Miss Mott, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, and how are you doing? Well, I'm doing fantastic. You sound all bubbly and full of joy. I like that. I really, I really like that. Now, is is it trivia? A triva. A triva. Could you spell that for me, please? Yes, T R E V as in Victoria. T R E V A. Okay, so triva, like Steva, but just triva. Correct. Oh man, see, I'm I'm not that smart. I have to name associate stuff. So, um, so if I refer to you as, uh, are you sergeant as well? No, I'm, I'm Officer Mott. Officer Mott. Okay, I don't want to. Well, maybe I'm I'm speaking prophecy over your life. I don't know. But hey. <laughs> okay. So what we'll do? Um, okay, I'll go ahead and do a study for the next time. Yes, ma'am. That's right. You know, you say, but the old saying, "Study long, you study wrong." Now, so you have to walk in that anointed choice so you'll be all right you're going to be yeah. fine so it's going to be as you can tell we're going to be nice relaxed and flowing okay now uh sergeant woodard or are we going to introduce you today or are we going to go straight to miss mott how are we going to do that go straight to miss mott i don't think i have anything to say today <laughs> oh look at it what she what she left you stuck out this morning miss mott 
Miss Trivia Officer Trivia Mott. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and get started on this thing. We're going to clear the room, and uh, not clear the room, but clear your throats, this, that, and the other. And do not worry. Do not worry if we stumble over a couple of things. It does not have to be picture perfect. Um, I have some pretty decent editing skills. Um, uh, I think I would have a witness on that side over there out of Sergeant Woodard. Um, that go back because we add some stuff, take away some stuff, and our job is to make sure that your message is going to be concise, on mm-hmm. point, and mm-hmm. and simple enough that even a caveman could understand it. All right now. Is that all right? That's all right. Okay, and with that being said, we'll get ready to start this in three, two, one. It's the radio guy, Mike Prince, and welcome to another community report here from the Open Mic Broadcast Network. Of course, it is our endeavor to connect the community with news of importance, news that's going to impact, and news that will truly make a difference. We've been working our series with the Houston Police Department on the recruiting campaign, and today we have a special guest with us who's going to give us some safety tips, not only in the immediate community, but the community abroad. And as I present to some and introduce to others, none other than Officer Trivia Mott. How are you today, ma'am? Good morning. I'm doing well, and how are you? Well, you know what? With all this rain that we've had, I'm feeling such a ray of sunshine from your happy voice. I think I'm feeling a little bit better right now. Thank you for asking. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Now, we, although we have a happy strong voice. We have some some serious content that we want to go over today. But before we do that, how about if you introduce yourself to our listening audience and how long you've been affiliated with Houston Police Department and how did you end up as a Houston police officer? All righty. Well, as uh, Dr. Prince has mentioned, I'm Officer Treva Mock with the Houston Police Department. Right out of high school, I um, actually went to Houston Tillerson and then I went on to, well, right out of high school, into college, Houston Tillerson, went into the United States Navy, got out, finished my master's, and excuse me, bachelor's and master's at Norfolk State University. And then I moved back here to the city, great city of Houston, great state of Texas. Back in 2007, 2008, I joined the Houston Police Department. I started out on the southwest side of town. I transferred on the northeast side of town where I worked night shift from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. And then I transferred to public affairs, which gives me a different perspective of policing. I get to do interviews. I get to uh, educate. I get to go to different community events. I get invited. I get to uh, make some up, you know, have the community come to us. So it's it's been very exciting. And it's been different, I must say, very challenging but very rewarding at the same time. Um, Now, how did I end up getting into policing is actually when I moved back to the city of Houston and, you know, looking for employment, I'm putting applications in everywhere. I wanted to go back to teaching because I was an assistant professor at NSU. So I was like, you know what, let me go back to teaching. I'm putting in, in, you know, uh, excuse me, applications, doing interviews. And then one of my friends, she said, well, you know what, why not just try for a police officer? And I'm like, Mm-mm, no way, there's nothing in, mm-mm, no, I'm not in my 20s anymore, no way. She said, well, with your military background, with your education background, 
You look like you try to stay in shape. I think you ought to go for it. So I went on ahead and I gave it a shot, and they gave me a call, and here I am today. So I've been on the department since 2008. Very good. And let me say first, thank you for your service to our country uh, in the Navy and all of your uh, service and putting your lives on the line as protecting our citizens in the local area. So uh, we definitely tip our hat to you for that. And once again, thank you for your service. Now, well. you, you have uh, really uh, covered a good gamut of things. And if I could, because I'm a simple guy, and I try to simplify as much as I can, therefore I get a better understanding, and I think in turn my listeners get a better understanding. For lack of a better word, you got this nice fancy t- title, but you're like a public relations for the police department, Correct. Correct. Okay, that's 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 good. You know, I'm 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 getting a little older, and I can't remember all these fancy three dollar titles that they give you guys these days. So um, I'm going to stick to the PR part, but we're going to respect the titles and all the due diligence that come with it, so we can kind of get on the same course, which is kind of lining up to you being our guest on this episode of our community report. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Now. With that being said, um, with, with your background of public speaking, with your background of service, with your background of just getting things done, um, the, the connective, uh, the connection that you have with uh, the HBCU experience, um, you bring a different angle than that of most officers in the background in which they come from. How do you see that as an advantage? or even a disadvantage at times when you're communicating with folk? Well, you know what? That's a good question. Thank you for asking. Is that, you know, being able to understand, first of all, who I'm going, knowing my audience and who I'm speaking to, and being able to speak from experience, I think that's when people are able to listen to you a little bit better. And, you know, I was raised in Oregon, so I was around that also, that community where being the only African-American in the room, and feeling that discomfort. And then at the time that I have been, you know, when I was raised and coming up, you know, it was a lot of, you know, hostility between African-Americans and, you know, the community that I was coming up in at that time, mentioning, again, being the only African-American on the bus at times, being the only one in the classroom at times, and then coming back here to Houston where I'm around all, you know, African-Americans, around you know, a diverse group and being in the military really taught me and opened up my eyes to so much and traveling a little bit. It really taught me so much and gave me a clear, a clearer understanding and uh, on the type of individual that I want to be and want to become and still becoming. Absolutely. And you know, what's, what's really a sad state when you are the minority of the minority, but I'm saying that you might be one of three or one of ten in a predominantly other than looking like I am community, uh, it's amazing the weight and the pressure that you get from both sides. When I say that, I'm telling you from experience, where when you're the only one, people interpret how you respond is how all African-Americans respond to certain situations. And then those who don't understand that you are in this struggle and you're representing them even when you're not representing them, they have a tendency to label you as the quote-unquote sellout. So it's a 
double-edged sword, and it takes a strong-minded individual, a strong-willed individual, and a determined individual to overcome the expectations and, let's just put it out there, the stereotypes from both sides of the fence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I tell you, it's very it's different. And, again, having that experience and being able to understand and being able to explain it to others and letting them get an understanding is like, wow, because that's something that you read in the history books, but that's something that we still, that's very relevant today and what we're still going through with today. I didn't think that that was something I would be going through, but being able to say, you know, when I was in the classroom and being the only African-American and people are saying, oh, you know, she's not black enough or, or she's not, you know, enough for us or, you know, so I'm fighting both sides, trying to prove I'm black enough, trying to prove that I understand, trying to prove that I'm smart enough. And one thing I must say is that what got me through is my intelligence, my staying in the books. Instead of it deterring me and making me go and do something wrong, it made me even that much more determined to prove that we're smart, that we're intelligent, we're brilliant, we're independent. We work well with others. We get along with others. But yet, at the same time, if I need to stand strong by myself, I'll do that as well. Absolutely. As, and as they say, as the band played on. Yes. I feel you and hear you 1,000% on that. We're speaking right now with Officer Trivia Mott of the Houston Police Department with the Community Report Outreach of Houston Police Recruiting series that we've been doing right here and uh, uh, as they say enough about you let's yeah, protect yeah. some of these people right now because yeah. what we have is this is not only uh, zeroed in on college-based uh, uh, people but it's also community-based people whether yeah. you're at Prairie View Texas Southern Norfolk uh, University or for all intents and purposes PWIs throughout the country. These yes. tips that we're going to kind of try to discuss, well, you're going to be enlightening all of us. I'm just a talk show host. You're the expert. So uh, we, when we get into the nuts and bolts, what brings us together are common factors. We all want to feel safe. Yes. We all want to do what's best for our families. And we, we all want to be treated with some respect and dignity. Absolutely. Okay, so with that being said, I don't know if you have a, a particular order that you would like to go in, but um, let's just go on something that is pretty prevalent on college campuses, but it's somewhat been swept under the radar, but of late, there's starting to be a much stronger and a louder voice, and that is the act of sexual assaults uh, and some things that we can do to prevent some of these things on campus and throughout the community. Absolutely, yes. Let's cover that. And just to keep in mind, letting the students know, they can always go to, and just not just the students, as you mentioned, the community in general can always go to HoustonPolice.org, and they can download some of our pamphlets, and they can even give us a call in public affairs. Ask for me, Officer Mott, M-O-T-T. I'd be more than happy to assist in any concerns or issues that they may have. But let's get right into it. One of the first things that I'd like to talk about is some of the myths that we have. So this is some of the things that people think 
it could never happen to me. The motive is sexual. Rape is committed on impulse and by a stranger. Women who are raped are asking for it. A rapist is easy to spot in a crowd. Rape is a nonviolent crime. All of those are myths. Is there anything that you'd like to touch on or ask about any of those uh, myths before I go on? No, ma'am. I'm listening, and you've heard this from time to time, especially if you live uh, to, to the age that I am right now. Um, and she shouldn't have been over here, or in some cases he shouldn't have been over there, and they knew what they was getting into when they went over to that situation. No one asked to be violated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, that's funny you would mention that one because when I'm doing this presentation for students uh, between well, college-stage students, I say between 18 and 24, some of the guys, you make not all of them, you get very few that may say, well, why is she dressed like that? And, you know, of course, you get a different response from the young ladies that are in the classroom. But it's, it's, I don't want to say perplexing or baffling to me, but when young men say, well, she shouldn't dress like that, or what kind of reaction did she think she was going to get, it's okay to feel good about one's self. It's okay. But then the guys make a valid point, not about the attack itself or the violent act itself, but we as women, we do, and I talk to the young ladies, and I dress them and say, yes, we do. It's okay for us to feel good about ourselves, but for us to dress with respect and to, to know one's self and, you know, to not show too much, but, you know, to each his own, but to know how you look when you walk out. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I don't want It does. No, it does make sense. But from a, from a male perspective, yeah. And uh, you go like, well, the impulse comes because, let's be honest, uh, I'm saying it's for young men, not old men as myself. Sex is always in and out their mind on any given opportunity because they're at that thriving age, if you would. And I'm, we're talking and speculating on college age, even teenage kids, but it does go up to older men who you think would know better and should do better. But it's this impulse thing, but you still goes back to accountability, self-control, and respect for others, regardless of what they're showing, what they're not showing, if they look good to you, if they look appealing to you, that's fine and dandy, but know to stay within your boundaries. Absolutely. And, you know, for everyone to keep in mind that, Everyone is a potential victim, man, woman, child, any age, race, religion, occupation, education, or sexual preference. And rape is is a violent assault, and the motive is aggression, anger, and hostility, according to a lot of the studies and research that has been done. And most rapes are planned and often occur in one's own house. Many times the offender is a relative, friend, neighbor, or other acquaintance of the victim, Uh, even a survivor, such as in the case of date rape. Um, Rape is a violent and degrading crime. The youngest reported rape victim was three months old. The oldest was 99 years old. Both victims were in their bed. Age, uh, what one wears, uh, or sex of the victim, it doesn't matter. Um, Most rapists married and appear normal. They can be of any race or economic background. 
And the truth is, rape is a violent crime. 98% of the rapists either carry a weapon or threaten the victim with violence or death. So you have to ask oneself. I don't care how safe you may think you are. Sometimes we get into the same routine every single day, and this is what I ask myself. When I get up in the morning, I have my routine. You know, may get up, get coffee, cut the news on. Think about what it is that you do every single day from the time you get dressed until the time you step out and get into your vehicle. What do you do? Is your back toward the outside? Do you look around? Do you open your window? Before? Do you look out your window prior to going outside? Are lights on? Is it well lit? Is it dark? Are your bushes too high? If you, wherever a victim, excuse me, wherever a suspect can hide or conceal himself, or where you think you can hide and conceal yourself, guess what? That's what that criminal is thinking. So let's think about the routines that we get into every single day. And wow. Because nothing has ever happened. You know, you've been doing this for umpteen years, and nothing has ever happened. But that one time is all it takes. And then you say to yourself, man, I knew I should have had that tree cut down. Or, man, I know I should have cut that bush. Or, man, I know I should have got that light fixed. Or, I know I should have dialed 311 and let the city know that this light has been out for months and it's dark. So, and then think about the time is getting ready to change over. It's going to be dark right around, what, 445, 5 o'clock now? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's all, but think about going back to your daily routine. Do you go to work or go to school the same way? Or when you're on that campus, do you leave at the exact same time? Do you walk by yourself all the time? Do you let your friends know or call a loved one and say, well, I'm going to class now? Do you text them, let them know, well, I'm going to class now? Because one day you might not show up in class, but you're not leaving your dorm room. And then your roommate is asked, well, where was he or she? Oh, well, I don't know. I thought they was with so-and-so. Always let someone know where you are. And the rest yes. they- So these are, you know, just little things. You know, I'm sound like I'm a little rushing here. I don't want to you know, take up too much time. But these things are so important because being in law enforcement, we see these things all the time. Yes, ma'am. And trust me, you, we got as much time as you have time. And, <laughs> and we want to make sure that we get the message clear and concise to those that are listening, that these are things that can literally save and change your life. Uh, and to kind of piggyback off of what you just said, um, it's always about keeping your guard up. It's about keeping your head on a swivel because a lot of people, they become complacent in their routines. They become overconfident throughout their environments, and they'll even say, oh, as you mentioned earlier in your presentation, oh, that would never happen to me, or I'm better than that, or I'm this, that, or the other. And they kind of discount it when it's always, as they say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And not that you want these things to come in your way, but as much as you can mentally, psychologically, always anticipate the worst and hoping for the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, we things to happen to us, but what will you do if it was to occur? Are you prepared? Just like the storm, are you prepared? Are you prepared? Just in case. And if not, do you talk to your loved ones and those that are old enough that have, you know, nieces, nephews, daughters, you know, sons that are in college or away in the military, wherever they may be, on a job or internship, are they being safe? Are they aware of their surroundings? Are they being 
And if something was to happen, what would they do? Right. We're speaking right now with Officer Trivia Mott of the Houston Police Department, and right now we're talking about sexual assault uh, and survival and prevention tips. But one thing I want to touch on, Officer Mott, if you allow me to, um, we're talking for the most part of an aggressive uh, uh, person who would try to take advantage of one. But there are also rape cases, and more than likely these rape cases go more than likely unreported, is that subtle rape. And when I say that, it could be people that know each other, and Mm -hmm. a lot of people do not understand that even if you go as far as uh, having consensual sex, when that individual says no and you continue to proceed, that is a form of rape, is it not? Yes. No means no. Regardless, no means no. I've had gentlemen, young men say, well, what if she get me right there and I'm ready to, and she says no, then that's teasing and that's not fair. And, but no means absolutely no. And once you cross that line after the person says no, then it becomes that crime. That's where we step in. And it does not matter because this is, I've heard from both sides of the fence, it does not matter how that person says no. You know, because sometimes, as you just mentioned, no means no, but when the moment is at its apex and you feel like she's saying that for whatever turn-ons or or whatever's going on in your head, but if that person whispers no or shouts no, no absolutely means no. Yes. And under the circumstances, it's always as hard as it may be to walk away I say walk away. Be upset. It's okay to walk away and be upset. But to stand there and get caught up in that moment and then have law enforcement in your life, it's not worth it at all. No, it's never worth it. Never worth it. No, it never is. It never is. Wow. Well, as we continue to uh, provide these safety tips for the students and the community as a whole, We have a a plethora of opportunity that we're going to share with our listening audience, and I am so glad and so thankful that you and your uh, expertise and your willingness to want to share with our listening audience and abroad the opportunities, but we want to give you an opportunity to share some of the contact information if a person um, has it, because if I'm not mistaken, there is an anonymous line that you can call to uh, keep some things going on because this is one of those things that can be embarrassing and most of the victims feel like they may have brought this on themselves when it's absolutely nothing they had to do with it. And it's an embarrassing social stigma to try and overcome because people unfortunately will try to label you. For what are some resources and some contact information that people can go to reach out on? Yes, some important phone numbers that we have. First, I'd like to start off with the Houston Police Park, the Houston Police Department, and it's our Adult Sex Crimes Unit. Adult Sex Crime Crimes Unit, and that number is seven one three three zero eight one one eight zero. Houston Police Department Adult Sex Crimes Unit. 
308-1180. And for the juvenile unit is 832-394-1845. The number again is juvenile, excuse me, juvenile unit, and this is with the Houston Police Department, 832-394-1845. We also uh, work with the Houston Area Women's Center with their sexual assault hot their sexual assault hotline 713 528 rate 7273 wow 7273 so it's Houston Area Women's Center sexual assault hotline 713 528 7273 or just remember 713 528 rate and their website can be they can be reached at www hawc.org www.hawc.org and that's for the Houston Area Women's Center and if you have just any general questions or if you feel like someone is not getting back to you you can always please feel free to call or contact uh, Public Affairs that's where I work 713 308 3200 308 3200 and you can ask for officer Mott. Officer Mott, you have been a joy of information and I am looking forward to the rest of these series. Will you make it a point that you come back and share with our audience some of these safety tips that you have just rolling off the tip of your tongue? Yes, it would uh, it would be my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me. May I please make these last little little two little safety things that I failed to mention that I no, think is no no we're gonna we no this is one series and we're about to you're not gonna hang up I'm about to do another oh. series with you oh okay you, yeah you just follow the lead young lady you follow the lead you're doing great you're doing absolutely great but that was so much great information coming out I didn't want to. Um, confuse the deal. We're going to make, maximize all this, and we're going into the next one. It's going to be personal safety. So you, we got you coming. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I'm going to edit all that out so you'll never hear this part. So, oh, okay. Officer <laughs> my <laughs> stop laughing now. I'm trying to get you through this now. I'm trying to get radio one. Now, look, where my radio liaison at? Right here. <laughs> okay. Just, look. But you, you, this is an excellent deal. Now, don't think it, don't think it's not. So, I, just trust me. You, you got to trust me. Do you trust me, Ms. Mott? I trust you. Okay, then. Now, let me we'll finish this up, Officer Mott. We want to thank you so much for joining in with us and sharing this important information. We have a other planned series that we're going to be sharing with our listening audience. But I can't do it without your help. Do you promise to come back and share more information with us? I promise to come back and share more information with you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Well, thank you for joining in with us. This was Officer Trevia Mott of the Houston Police Department with some more information here from the Open Mic Broadcast Network and our Community Report series on safety and recovery through sexual assault prevention. I am the radio guy, Dr. Mike Prince. As always, you guys be blessed, and we'll see you on the other side. 
boom, okay, and we're out with that. Now we're going to talk about this. Uh, you want to talk about personal safety or domestic violence? I think we need to talk about domestic violence because that's coming up in October, and we can start rolling this out, but it's up to you. Okay. Which one, you, which, which, which one you want to go to? It's your Domestic. choice. Okay. Okay, then. All right. You ready? You're real natural at this, too, until you old talker. <laughs> 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 so let me know when you – are we are we, we good on time, huh? Huh? We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're good. Okay, very good. And we're getting ready to do this in three, two – one, it's the radio guy, Dr. Mike Prince. Welcome to another community report here from the Open Mic Broadcast Network. It is our mission to keep you informed with news that you can use, tips that you can get better by, and just absolutely being a good watchman and neighbor's keeper. Today we're going to continue with another informative session with Officer Trivia Mott. She is with the Houston Police Department, Public Relations Department, and she blessed our hearts and souls with a lot of wonderful information the last time we were able to get together on sexual assault. And you can always go back and check that archived out on the Open Mic Broadcast Network at obnradio.com under Community Report. But today it's going to be something of a more uh, sensitive nature in regards of safety, prevention, and just absolutely being there for someone who might not be aware or even willing to step forward, and it is the case of domestic Violence, Officer Mott, welcome back. And you're a stranger; you're not a stranger any longer. So you're a seasoned veteran. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And how are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing absolutely great. Um, we we had a real serious conversation and some informative information to be put out on our last time we were together, but the temperature is about to be turned up even more because. It's one of those, I would call it under-the-radar situations that we deal with as a nation, and it's been masquerade, but with the latest COVID uh, challenge that we've had to overcome, it is something that has been highlighted even more, and that's domestic violence. Very sad, very, very sad topic, unfortunate topic to have to discuss but it's very important for us to keep being informative. Yes, ma'am. Um, do you actually have any uh, numbers? And I know it's a nationwide concern, but in the Houston area of, of domestic violence cases that you might experience as an HB, uh, Houston Police Department or just across the state of Texas? To be honest with you, I don't have those numbers in front of me right now, but I definitely will be able to get those numbers for you for the next time that we speak on this topic. Okay, very good. But regardless of what the numbers say, it is a challenge, and I say challenge because it's something that can be overcome, but the challenge is the people's willingness to step forward and then actually do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just even speak about it just to even speak about it right? for so many and so often. Yes. So you 
So when you're ready for me to get right into it, I'm ready to dive right yeah, into it. I want you, as they say, dive, jump, leap, do whatever it's going to do that we get this important information out because um, although October is considered Domestic Violence Month, every day is Domestic Violence Awareness, and, and we need to practice and, and help get this information out each and every day. Absolutely. I tell you, well, as you mentioned, domestic violence. I'll tell you what, the, the Houston Police Department um, is working with, or shall I say partnering with, the Houston Area Women's Center. We're working together to educate the community in order to prevent the domestic violence, sexual assault, and dating violence. You know, and the way we're doing that is through education and providing resources for the survivors and to increase the reporting of, again, increase the reporting of sexual and domestic violence so that we make people more aware. So we're working with them well. So we're working together. So we're Okay. Go ahead. No, I said, I said okay. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, you're good. <laughs> okay, so some may say, well, what is domestic violence? Domestic violence is the use of physical force or threatening behavior by one member of a household towards another. Another. It is against the law, regardless if someone thinks it's okay to hit someone because they're paying the bills and you're, fam you're related in some way or the other. They think it's okay. No, it's not. It's against the law. Domestic violence, it includes physical abuse, which is hitting, kicking, choking, punching, slapping, you know, shoving, you name it. Emotional abuse, constant criticism, insults, isolation from family, friends, coworkers, threats against the victim and the victim's family. Economic abuse, not allowing the victim to work or study, not allowing the victim to have access to checking or savings accounts, controlling the finances. Sexual abuse, rape, forcing the victim to participate in sexual activities that she or he finds degrading. All of those are domestic, not just to name a few. This is not to say that this is where it stops. But these are the most common ones that we come across. Domestic violence includes. This is not all of it, but this is what scientists, uh, researchers are saying that are most common and most prevalent in what we're seeing today. Again, this is not to name all of them, but the most common ones, because there's so many out there. Well, just to be quite frank with you, listening to the list that you just went over, some of those are surprising and and a lot of people at some point have probably been a victim of domestic violence unbeknown to them. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, th that that is really uh intriguing and and some noteworthy information. I can assume that someone that's listening to this episode might have to sit down and say, I think we need to do some talking, uh, baby or honey, because according to this list, um, as I mentioned, you know, certain things are, are really been in stealth mode, and I'm, I'm kind of blown away right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Because we, we have a tendency to think of domestic violence as the physical act of of overpowering an individual and and doing this that and the other and 
it really does not matter of your social status, your economical status. This, and for not playing on the word, this is an epidemic that is not only nationwide but worldwide. Yes. Worldwide. Worldwide. Unreal. Unreal. So when a person finds themselves in this sort of situation, uh, once again, just as it is with any type of victim, it's the shame of admitting that you are a victim it's trying to overcome the stigmas that are associated with being a victim. How can a person seek that refuge that's necessary in order for them to get on their path of healing? Okay. Well, you know, we, that's a good question. You know, we can help people to understand and learn how to break through those lies by, you know, saying to yourself, it is not my fault. And we help the victims to understand that it's not their fault. So some of the things that we talked, lie number one that's told, I'm the only one. The truth is, according to the FBI, every nine seconds a woman is beaten in her home. Lie number two, I asked for it. Truth is, it's not your fault. Domestic violence and sexual assault are crimes punishable by law. Lie number three, batterers don't rape. The truth is, most often a woman is raped in her home by someone she knows. Lie number, uh, lie number four, this is normal. The truth is, battering is a serious problem which affects our families, our friends, and our community. Uh-huh. Lie number five, no one can help me. The truth is, the Houston Area Women's Center and the Houston Police Department are here to help. And there are so many other different agencies out there to assist. Let me tell you, some of these warning signs, just uh, as mentioned uh, earlier, just to piggyback off of this, some of the signs are there, but some people don't really recognize them because they've been in them so long, just like with the emotional abuse, the constant criticism, the insults, and the isolation from the family. When you're groomed into that, then you begin, one begins to think, Oh, well, this is the norm. No, it's not. Excessive jealousy, possessiveness, that's unrealistic expectations of self and others. Um, well, excuse me, it's unrealistic expectations of self and others. Anger is a typical response when limits are set. Doesn't want you to go out with friends or family. Controlling behavior calls you all the time or spies on you, isolates or restrains you, tells you what to wear sudden mood swings, threats of violence or suicide, cruelty to animals, children, or the elderly, humiliates or belittles you, does not let you work, does not let you have access to bank accounts. Again, piggybacking off of everything spoken of about the, uh, you know, domestic or what it includes. The history of past battering intentionally damages your personal property Playful use of force during sex, pushing or hitting with a fist or palm, threatens you with a weapon or physical violence. The Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde personality makes false promises and change abuse behavior, abusive behavior, blames others for problems or actions, abuses drugs and or alcohol and pressures you to do them, forces you to work and turn over your paycheck 
And the list goes on and on and on. And it's never end. But this is what people are experiencing. And this is why we get get lists like this, because we listen. When we go to different scenes and when people call these lines, this is what we're hearing. Wow. You know, information is powerful. That's all I can say. And and I want to touch on this because being a man and full of testosterone and this, that, and the other, we have had in the male's world of a man that has become henpecked, okay? And that is where he turns over everything. And I'm saying all that to say there are some cases where a lot of people connect domestic violence and even in cases of rape to that majority of those victims or women, there are men who suffer from some of these same attacks. Is that correct? You are absolutely correct. And if I can share with you real quick and the the listeners is that it was, I got a phone call um, one day and it was, and I'm fast forwarding, paraphrasing and making a long story short, that it was a young man, parents of a young man. He was about 16, 17 years old. Parents allowed him to go out with his friend. They went to a bar, allowed to drink. The young man, uh, one of the young men, ended up getting sexually assaulted by three different men, never reporting it. Parents called called me, spoke with me. The young man wouldn't tell me who. He didn't even want to talk to me, wouldn't tell who did it, wouldn't tell who that friend was. The young man was so ashamed. It messed with him so emotionally and psychologically. He began to abuse drugs, alcohol, to a point where he stopped going to school. His parents, because they had the means to do so, was able to send him out of state, get him in a rehab, get him functioning again. And to this day, he has not returned back to Houston, but again, not reporting it. His parents wanted him to to report it, but couldn't make him open up his mouth to talk about it because of, and, and this is just my assumption, and maybe I should not assume, but being a male, being trusting of his male friend, and then this thing happening to him. Did not want to report any of that. The only way I know about this is because his mother and father reached out to me but I could not get him on the phone, could not get him to speak to me about any of this. So what happens, as mentioned, unreported. So it can happen to males. And this, believe it or not, happens, I'm not going to say a lot or all the time, but it happens to males. So when men think, oh, I'm strong and I'm this, and I'm black, as you mentioned, I'm full of this testosterone, it's not going to ever happen to me. Oh, yes, it can. Wow. It's, um, it's a sombering topic and uh, it's a real topic and it's why we embrace the opportunities to share with many as we can on ways that you could prevent or at least try to prevent uh, from becoming victims of these. Last uh, session we talked about uh, the sexual assault survival. Now we're talking about domestic violence survival. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how these things kind of walk hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, for lack of a better word, they're related in that family tree of hardships that people have to deal with on a daily basis. Yes, yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. We're speaking with Miss. I'm sorry, Officer Trivia Trip Treva Scott, Lord Treva Mott <laughs> of the Houston Police Department. Um, some mind-blowing sessions that we've had these last couple of uh, outings. Um, today we're talking about domestic violence. And as you mentioned in the story that you were sharing, I'm going to go and say that 50% of the battle is to get these victims to come forward, is it not? Absolutely. I would have to that that is an uphill battle, getting these men to speak. They well, don't want some has I spoke to one young man night shift when I was working northeast patrol and he said it was too embarrassing and he was ashamed because he's a man and it happened to him and he felt helpless, worthless. Who as a man would want to tell someone else, let alone a woman, that they were sexually assaulted or, or beaten up by someone and was unable to do anything uh, for themselves but to take it. Wow. And deal with it. It's, it's, it's sad. It's so disheartening. It, it is disheartening, but it's a reality that one must face. And as you mentioned, uh, this young man whose uh, story you shared with us, his parents happened to have the financial means of getting him the necessary help toward recovery. For those who are financially challenged, what outlets are available for them to try to get on their road of recovery? Yes, we have, uh, you know, the the Houston Area Women's Center, you know, where we work with them. And, you know, we have, there's a domestic violence hotline. So the Houston Area Women's Center. And they work with the sexual assault hotline, the domestic violence hotline, and they work closely with us. The Houston Police Department, we have an adult sex crimes unit a juvenile unit, a family violence unit that they can always call. Um, You know, we work with the Houston Independent School District uh, Police Department that, you know, works closely with us as it relates to domestic violence. So So, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure that even though it's a women's center, are they specifically honing in on women survivors, or is this open to men survivors as well? And if not, is there such a thing for men to get recovery? I would definitely say, I know it says women, but I'm almost willing to say, no, I'm willing to say 100%. If a man or a male was to call, that they would definitely have the resources to assist that individual. Okay, I think that's very good that they would know that because you'd be amazed that some people, they'll get in their mind, there is no help, no one cares, and then if they get the nerve to want to try to speak about it toward their recovery, they don't feel like they have a place of outreach where they can go. And so I just want to really stress that point that if you are male or female survivor, Please yes. take advantage of these opportunities that we're speaking of right now. Absolutely. It's a safe place. It's safe. It's a safe place, and it becomes safer because of people like yourself who bring the awareness up of these uh, horrible acts that go against another human that uh, people unfortunately 
take to their graves because of the shame, because of the guilt, because of the hurt and the psychological battle that goes on for the rest of their lives in their mind, and they never seek that help or even are aware of the help that is available to them. That's why it's such a vital thing that we continue these series of allowing you to share your expertise and the resources that are available to our listening audience and abroad. Absolutely, yes. You know, one of the most important things is the re- we, what we ask and what we encourage is that a person has to be ready or prepared to leave. They have to, you know, and may I give just a few tips on what to do? Sure, by all means. And what some of the tips that we do, or shall I say that we, we suggest, is that uh, if you're prepared to leave, if you're prepared to leave, gather all important documents by birth certificates, social security cards, immigration documents, driver's license, bank account information, list of all important phone numbers, make copies of your house and car keys, pack clothes and medications for yourself and your children if you have any, leave them with a friend or in a safe place. When you sense you are in danger, get out. You can always go back later if you change your mind. Find safe shelter with the Houston area women's center um, or go with a friend or family. See your doctor or go to the emergency room for medical treatment. Seek counseling to discuss your options. And you have the right to file charges. Get a protective order or seek other legal assistance. And what we find is that some people, oh, I just want to leave. I don't want him to you know, to go to jail because he pays all the bills or he's paying child support or he's the sole, you know, uh, financial uh, winner in the home or, you know, it's get out. It's all about your safety, your children's safety. All that other stuff can be replaced. But, again, make copies of your birth certificates, social security cards, things that immigration documentation, driver's license, things that are important. Everyone have one, which is a cell phone. Take a picture of it. Keep your phone safe. Copies of keys. We want to help you. Help is out there. Those are some of the saddest things to go to. When you see uh, a parent that has been, you know, in the issue where they've gotten beat up really bad, and then you're looking at the, the children on the side, and they're just out of it. They're crying. They're afraid. They don't know what's going on. If you don't do it for yourself, at least do it for your children. Allow them to live in a safe place and to come up in a safe place. And I know it's easier said than done. And maybe maybe one time one day I'll be able to or shall I say I'll have time to share how in my own family, um, how domestic violence became an issue and how it affected, you know, myself and my other siblings. Yes, ma'am. You know, I'm sitting here listening to you and as I stated at the beginning of these series whether we want to admit it or not, some of us have experienced some form of domestic violence. I don't care how much money you have, how much money you don't have under your roof, uh, especially with that list that you presented earlier. Everyone could and should be able to relate to being a survivor of 
domestic violence. And, and once again, um, you have done an exceptional job of bringing the awareness, bringing some uh, refuge toward those who are listening to today's episode on how they can overcome what appears while you're dealing with it that you are alone, but you have more people that understand your flight and your plight more than what you care to even understand at the point that you're actually dealing with it. Uh, because I can um, uh, recall that some people will stay in a situation because they don't have the money or they feel like they don't have anywhere that they can go. They don't have a friend or someone they can confide in that they're going through these things. So they internalize these things and they really make matters worse by staying in longer. And that's part of that psychological hostage that the victims are finding themselves trapped in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, ma'am, you have done another exceptional job, and I want to give you some closing thoughts and comments as we get ready to wrap this week's session up on domestic violence. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Again, domestic violence is a very serious issue. Please know that it not only affects you, but it affects your friends, your loved ones, and you have help. We're here to help. All you have to do is reach out. We're here to help. We'll take the, pass us the baton, and we'll finish the race for you. Wow, very powerful statement, ma'am. And once again, we thank you for joining us here at the Open Mic Broadcast Network and the Community Report here. I am going to exit stage left, but once again, we want to thank our guest officer, Trevor's, I almost said Scott, I don't know why I keep calling you Scott, Treva Mott of Houston Police Department. I am the radio guy, Dr. Mike Prince. As always, we thank you guys for joining in with us. Don't forget, we can keep these things coming as long as you all keep listening here at the Open Mic Broadcast Network. And until the next time, you guys be blessed, and we'll see you on the other side. Boom, and we're out again. Those are two dynamics. You got We got to get you. We got to get the rest of these in. I know. I know. I'm pressed for right now. But how you feel about those two series? I feel. You know, it's like after you finish stuff, you're like, man, I could have said this or I should have said that. You know. But uh, I tell you, you, you make me feel very comfortable and really easy to to speak to uh, and speak with about the topics. I feel very comfortable with it. And if it's something that I need that you need me to clarify or to redo, please uh, well, let me we got to finish um, the personal uh, uh, survival deals or the personal safety. I said survival, but it's pretty much the same. And then the identity theft and the burglary. But with these two, mm-hmm. I'm going to hurry up and get to the editing process on that. And we got two weeks of work, but I want to be able to get with you, and it doesn't have to be on a Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, where we can finish this up because these are powerful, they're needed, you know, and it's something that people are truly going to benefit from. And I truly, truly thank you from the depths of my heart, and I thank Officer Woodard as well for uh, getting you uh, in, in connection and lined up with us. But we definitely got to finish. We got enough. We could do a 
two months of series just on your stuff alone. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, I must say I, I appreciate uh, Lieutenant Henderson and, and Sergeant Woodard also for uh, trusting me to do an interview with you, and thank you so very much for having me as one of your guests. Thank you so very much. Yes, ma'am. It's honorable. What I need you to do is take my number or get it from Officer Woodard, okay. and please call me. Now, I'm a busy guy, but we're going to make these work, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm juggling everything, but that's part of what you're doing when you're trying to uh, serve the community, right? It's about a balancing act. Absolutely. So you, you please, by all means, uh, call me back so we can get some more of these done. But I know you guys got to protect and serve, and I got to pump out programs and we've had an hour in, and this has been phenomenal, truly, truly phenomenal. And I thank you guys so, so much. No problem. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank you for your time, and thank you for definitely you're doing the the community a great service by putting this information out. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. And by all look, uh, Officer Sergeant Woodard. I'm sorry, I don't want to get get tased for not saying the right titles and stuff but <laughs> and look, look on a lighter side on a lighter side i did not want to say it during the interview because i didn't want nobody to think i was uh downplaying it but i'm a victim of domestic violence uh, my wife takes all my money oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> that would be a different uh you know i beg to that, that's called being a good husband huh I think your viewers would see that differently. They would say, we honor you. We thank you. We need more men like you. You need a class on how to. <laughs> <laughs> and I will. That, you know that will not hit the airwaves, don't you? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, my God. I say, I'm a survivor. That's what, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to cheapen the moment. You know what I'm saying? Because being a radio guy, you know, sarcasm is part of the DNA of being in the radio business. And I was like, oh my God, I need a shelter. <laughs> you need to call the the yeah. The, look, I've been I've been taking 32 years of abuse. <laughs> oh God. Oh my goodness! I'm like somebody called some helpline. That's why, you know. But no, in all seriousness, there are guys who are listening to that. They were like, "I need a, I need that hotline number myself." Yeah. You know. But no, it 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 is great. You know. But I would never. Uh, and if I do break out like that, the power of editing. But I didn't want to mess with your flow. But powerful information. And um, uh, it actually brought back some of my survival deals. I protected my mom from domestic violence for years. And um, and so I know the realness of it. That's why I was able to kind of relay and bounce some of the questions off of it like oh. that. And, you know, the young man, I didn't want to give too much information because uh, his uh, parents, they own a large uh, produce company here in the city of Houston. And mm-hmm. if I just that they would have known who I was talking about. Right, 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 right. Well we we, we wanna keep we wanna keep it relevant but protective of all people yeah. involved. So no man, once again, thank you guys so much. Don't be a stranger. Now I understand you only got one drawback that I got a question mark by. Now one drawback, but I'm okay with that though. I'll deal with that. You are AKA? Yeah, uh, now is there a problem? Do we have a <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just trying to clear the lines. That's all I'm, I'm just, trying to do. Is clear the line. I'm, you know, 
Let me let me put my pastors. We have a <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem. Sigmas have no problems with no one. So you know, look, you know that was that college stuff. Now they take stuff too serious. I can't. Oh, oh, oh my God. I was God. having fun with it, but because when I first joined it and researched it, I said, oh, you know, leaders and this. And then as it got, I was like, oh, that's serious. I can't. I'm not that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were, <laughs> but I was on my master's. It was one young lady. She came up to me and she said, so uh, what if some come, they come and challenge you? I didn't even know what that was. Uh-huh. I said, what is challenge? She said, they come and t- ask you about your history and you don't know your history. They'll yank your letters off and they'll do that. I said, well, I wish one of them would try. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you need I to get think- out the world of make-believe because you're going to get hurt. And I was like, well, when I pledged, we had to wear the same thing. We had to walk around with an ivy in our hand. We had to, I said, but now all y'all do is look it up on the computer. I had to write my book. Y'all well, let's see, that's, that's, that's someone that's jealous. You know, we, now I'm old school. I pledged in 1989. I pledged 19 weeks, okay? And if I had an option where I could have went through the quote-unquote process, I'd have signed up quick, fast, in a hurry. So <laughs> don't don't even trip off of that. But I, I do it for tease and conversational piece to get my guests lined up and comfortable, you know. But I, I do have an asterisk by your name. That's <laughs> Oh, no, but no, I truly, truly look forward to us completing the rest of this series. And, again, thank you guys so, so much, okay? Thank you for letting us use your platform to get the message out. Yes, ma'am. Now, look, I need you all to tell them folks to join our YouTube channel and all that other stuff to help us continue our growth, okay? Okay, what's the YouTube channel? Open Mic Broadcast Network, but that's with my sports stuff. But I'll send you the links of the other stuff where they can hear the shows throughout its entirety. But we're trying to kill two birds with one stone. Absolutely. Okay. Well, okay. Give you her number. That way she can schedule what time is best. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Well, you guys stay safe. Stay dry if you can. Okay. You and, too. And, and, and keep doing what you do. And we appreciate everything that you're doing and putting your lives on the line for our safety and well-being. And Thank we you appreciate sir. you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.